Hi out there. I'm Pat Polly, and I want to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the performing arts or the visual arts and talk about things that are going on in our wonderful area. And this week, Nikki Lippi is here from Seattle Metals Guild. Now, Mickey has been making fine art jewelry for over 40 years, and she teaches classes in the local schools, and of course, she spends a lot of her time volunteering for Seattle Metals Guild, which is what we're talking about today. Welcome to the show, Mickey. Thank you. So happy you could stop by, but before we get started... I wanted to let you listeners know that it is not too late to give a gift this year to your favorite arts organization. Now, I just read an article uh, about how our Northwest residents are not as good at supporting the arts as other regions in the U.S. are. and this was from the former head of the Seattle Foundation. And I have heard this to be true before. So we need to break, uh, we need to just get rid of that uh, idea that people have of us and start giving a little bit more, uh, a little bit better. Uh, many of our arts organizations are really struggling because of the uh, lack of funds. <laughs> So, try to get your year-end gift in to BAM, Pratt Fight Arts Center, Arts East, Pottery Northwest, Kirkland Arts Center, Seattle Arts Museum, Seattle Opera, Village Theater, you name it. All of these are nonprofits, and they're wonderful arts organizations, and they would sincerely appreciate your gift. There's still time. You will personally benefit from access to more wonderful classes, art shows, and stage presentations in our wonderful Pacific Northwest. We'll be back shortly talking with Mickey Lippy about Seattle Metals Guild on Artbeat Northwest. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Through March 24th, see Dylan Newworth. Omnia. Newworth is a contemporary artist working with light, space, and interactive technologies. The exhibition traces a metaphorical life cycle from the cosmic to the personal, including work in video, performance, sculpture, and neon. The museum's fifth biennial, BAM Biennial 2018, BAM Glass-tastic, will be on view from November 9th through April 14th. This juried exhibition showcases the best work in glass from 48 established and emerging Northwest artists, craftspeople, and designers. For more information, visit BellevueArts.org. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're here talking with Mickey Lippy about Seattle Metals Guild. And Mickey, uh, how would you describe Seattle Metals Guild to a prospective member, someone who is working with metals and looking for an organization? Um, we are an organization that 
is interested in the promotion of fine art jewelry, the education of fine art jewelry, and networking so that people meet and learn from each other. So you don't do these big sculptures. You do fine art jewelry in your metals guild. Or do you do other small pieces? We, we also have people who do hollowware vessels. Okay. But not generally anything bigger than maybe 12 inches. And, and what kind of metals do you work in? Um, the jewelry is mainly sterling silver, but it also can include gold, brass, and copper. And the more sculptural pieces will generally be copper, maybe pewter. So all kinds of more more the precious type metals. Right. Um, now, when was this started and uh, why was it needed? Um, I moved to Seattle in 1989. And I had been a member of a guild in the Washington, D.C. area, and I thought it would be a good way to meet people. So I had met three other jewelers, and we got together and made a list. I sent out 30 postcards, because that's all I could afford. And we um, we had a huge group. Everybody came, and I thought, wow, this is like putting a match to kindling. There was clearly a need. People wanted to meet each other and compare notes, and it was, it's just been a going thing since then. So how many years? Uh, 1989, what is that? How many? Uh, almost. Almost 30 years. Almost 30 years. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time, and you found out the need right away, right didn't away. you? Just by right away. A few little letters and it's been going ever since so you must be doing something right so what kinds of things can seattle metals guild offer to a prospective member and what what kind of program do you have that they're going to be that they're so interested in uh coming to the meetings for you have monthly meetings no we don't have monthly meetings i set it up that way meetings are boring we have activities we have a different series of activities, but we don't. There's no meetings. Unless, well, that's probably a great idea. Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes meetings. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. So, what kind of activities are keeping all these people going? Well, we have once a year a very big jewelry metal symposium, and that's in October of each year. And we bring in five presenters. There's at least one from out of the country, and we try to cover. Obviously, five different topics of jewelry metalsmithing. And um, this can be anything from, you know, someone who's been making jewelry for years and years, someone who does hollowware. Um, we had at the last symposium a panel of four different jewelers and how they each approach making their work, selling their work. Um, so that's held every year. We also have um, exhibitions and pop-ups and portfolio reviews. We have something called the Women's Shelter Jewelry Project, which I also started. And that is where we take donated jewelry. We get it from all over the Seattle area, clean it and sort it. And the majority of it goes to women in women's shelters. And then what do they... How do they make it into something 
Well, no, this is wearable, already, ready oh. to go. Oh, it is? Yes, this is donated jewelry that's ready to go. But we try, when you're at a sorting, that's what we call it, when we get these boxes of jewelry and we sort them, we, we make sure that we put in jewelry that all kinds of women would wear, all types of women, all colors of women, all sizes of women, because, you know, that's who's going to get it. And it's all clean and ready to wear. Oh, and wonderful. when we give it to the shelters, they we don't say anything about how they give it to the women. Right. So they have different ways. Sometimes they play bingo, and that's the prizes. Sometimes they just put it all out on a table and people pick. If it's a family shelter, they let the children give it to mom for birthday or Mother's Day. We don't say anything about that. We just give them the jewelry. Because a lot of times when women leave and go to a shelter, they don't have anything. Oh, They just leave in the middle of the night with a small bag if they can. And this just gives a little bit of comfort in their life. Right. <laughs> to have some jewelry to wear. Exactly. There aren't too many women who don't wear some kind of jewelry. Right. So now you have a program for students too. We do. It's called sounded really interesting. It's called Passing the Torch, which is what it says. We're trying to get younger people to come along so we can pass them the torch. And this is run with in conjunction with all of the high schools in the Seattle area that have jewelry medals programs. So the teachers at the school jury the pieces and they submit them. And then once a year, the exhibition is held, and there are prizes for different things and um, different categories. And, yeah, high school students get to show their work. But I've never heard of having art jewelry classes in high schools. How many programs are there in Seattle? Um, Are there quite a few? I think there's at least five or six. Oh, my goodness. So you must have a pretty substantial exhibit. I I think I saw one previously in the community gallery at the uh, Bellevue Arts Museum, and it was quite impressive. Oh, the work that these students do is absolutely fabulous. It's very professional. This is not, you know, um, just something thrown together. It's very professional. And it's wonderful that they do have a place to show them. Exactly. So also you must have, and you were talking about, exhibits for your members, uh, and what have you had there lately, and what do you have ahead? Well, we have, once a year, the convention center um, turns over some of their cases. So we, not once a year, every other year. It's a biennial, and that's open to all members, and everyone gets to put at least one piece. Some people do two, I think, or three, Um And that's a really wonderful opportunity because at the convention center, I mean, thousands of people walk through there and see the work. Yeah. Okay, so you have your big exhibit at the convention center. Do you have other exhibits throughout the year, too? We have um, small exhibitions at different places, uh, different galleries in the city. We have one at Kobo on Jackson. She has two locations at the Kobo shop on Jackson. We have, um, 
We've had one at Estina. It's a women's clothing store in Kirkland. Yes, I'm um, familiar with that. We've had one at Waterworks Gallery up in Friday Harbor. And um, we, we have a new exhibition committee, and we have some ideas we're working on. We don't have anything for sure yet. So now, is this a place uh, where uh, people really share, as far as your guild goes? Do you find that uh, the members are sharing techniques among themselves, too? Yes. we Seattle Metals Guild welcomes any and all people that are, you can just be interested in metalsmithing. Or you maybe took one class 20 years ago, and you want to get back into it. You don't have to be in any way, shape, or form a professional jeweler to join. So do you give long, longer-term classes from Seattle Middle Guild, or do you depend on some of these other um, arts organizations uh, to do that? We, we don't do actual classes because that's being offered at Pratt and North Seattle Community College and Danica and... Um, and Tacoma Metal Arts in, in Tacoma. So those places all offer jewelry classes. What the Guild does is offer lectures and programs and opportunities for exhibition and pop-ups and portfolio reviews. Well, let's talk about your pop-ups a little bit. Now, where do you have those and what are they? Well, that's an opportunity for artists who are selling their work at craft shows or wherever to have, you know, a two-hour time period or four hours, and they just come into the store and set up and sell their work, and then they go home. Sometimes, like we had one at Kobo, and she invited the artists that were in the pop-up to leave some of the work behind. And they were delighted with that. They were thrilled. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So they just go into it like a gallery, and they have their own little exhibit for a few hours. Right. Yeah. Or it can be a women's clothing store. We're we're working now on, um, we've got two possible galleries and two possible clothing stores that we're trying to get pop-ups set up in. So now, since you don't have meetings... It, how is this organization run? Do you just have a, we a have steering a board. committee? We have a board, and um, we have a committee that runs the symposium and a committee that does exhibitions and a committee that does Passing the Torch, committee that does the biennial. We also give out grants. We have uh, a granting program. We have three different grants, I think, that members can apply for. And we have a lecture series. So there's, and we have social events. We have little meetups that we have. So there's really at least one thing that happens every month. Oh, and we have the sortings for the Women's Shelter Jewelry Project and the sale that we do for that. So there's at least one event every month. It's just not a meeting. It's just not a meeting. It sounds like your events are a lot more interesting than meetings. Yes. You know, either it's a social thing or it's a work party 
or it's some learning. kind of learning. Right. And you talked a lot about the learning uh, besides at your, now you have that big annual uh, convention, and then you have learning things going on throughout the year too, right? We do. I mean, we have the lecture series, which is, um, we have four lectures a year, and that's an opportunity for members or non-members, we bring in non-members, to talk about something that's happening in the field um, and or to tell about travels that they've been on. But um, at the symposium, we really try to find, we try to, what's out there that is happening in the field that the members may not know about. Like we had a couple come and lecture who do 3D printing. All of their jewelry is 3D printed. Well, how can you do that with metals? <laughs> well, it's it's cast in metal. So you 3D oh. print the model. The model, okay. And then I got the it. model is cast in metal. Oh, okay. Well, it's already time Good for question. a break. Yeah, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this new way of making jewelry. Uh, but we're here with Mickey Lippy about talking about Seattle Metals Guild on Artbeat Northwest. We'll be right back. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, -side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. We're talking with Mickey Lippy today about Seattle Metals Guild. And she's talking about the new things in metals and how you can make uh, the model for jewelry out of 3D printing. And then you cast it from that right in metal. Right. Which sounds fascinating. Are very many people around here doing that yet? Um. No, I don't think. Well, Green Lake Jewelers is um, they he the guy that owns it, Jim Tuttle. He actually helped develop the software. Oh, really? That does. Well, that. that's typical of here. We're good at developing software and hardware and all that stuff, right? But it's not an area that you're going to get out of my comfort zone very quickly. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not your. Well, let's talk about your comfort zone. Let's talk about your own teaching because you have been a teacher for a long time. Right. And uh, what exactly is it that you teach? Well, um, I, I don't teach technique. There's lots of people out there that teach how to solder, how to saw. I, I generally teach design or a specific thing like an expressive necklace. And um, I was teaching at... I was actually in Tacoma, uh, in Spokane, and I was teaching, and I was trying. The idea was to get people to get out of their box and do some kind of jewelry that they'd never done before. Ah. So I went over to one student's bench, and I said, you know, you should really think about working a little larger, because she was making something that was very small, 
make something a little larger and really step out of the box. And she had a really deep, lovely voice, and she said to me, Mickey, I am stepping out of the box. (laughs) So even in making little tiny jewelry, she was stepping out of the box, and she she was looking at it from a little different aspect than you were. Right. Yes. But, you know, I guess everyone is in a different space. Did you notice that when you were teaching? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And when I'm, like, the last class that I taught was um, the expressive necklace. And and, um, this, the, several of the students really got it. They really did something that was really unique. And the one of the women, she did exactly what she'd ever done before because she brought, I have the students bring in some of their work. But she thought, she was very pleased. <laughs> so there was Everybody's something. coming from a different space. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you never know. Well, now, what kind of work have you personally been doing? Well, my current series is called the Magpie Series because um, m- the jewelry all has something that I've found on the street. So oh, I have a like s- a magpie. Yes. <laughs> a friend came to the studio and actually gave me that name. She said, Mickey, you're such a magpie. <laughs> and so I said, okay, that's going to be the name so for this. So what kind of things have you found on the street that you've, um, I, I assume that you've, cast from these things no no i use the actual things like oh where where my studio is um evidently there's a lot of small crashes because i find a lot of a lot of broken rearview mirror glass ah so i've done a whole series of earrings that are made from the broken rearview mirror glass that i find on the street oh my goodness well i don't know if that goes along with uh with metals guild though, but I suppose you hook it into metals. Well, right? they're they're mounted in sterling silver. Oh, I see. Yeah, I the see. pieces are mounted, and then um, I have a lot of tire rubber. There, when a tire explodes, um, uh-huh. so I found a lot of bits of tire rubber, and I mount that in sterling silver. Well, do you know Anna Skipska? Oh, yes. She, she uses a lot of tire yes. rubber, too. Yes. You know, and you can make some fabulous oh, pieces absolutely. out of that. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you mount yours in sterling yes. silver. Yes, yes. It's all mounted. And there's touches of 22-karat gold, usually, um, for color. And, and that can give a very—how uh, would you describe your jewelry? Didn't uh, I think that with uh, the things you're using, it, it could be a real current— well, trend. Um, it's it's. Uh, I'm very interested in what we consider to be precious, because diamonds really were only became precious when De Beers decided that they should be precious. So to me, these little bits of mirror that I find on the street are very precious, and I set them as if I would set diamonds or any other gem or a piece of rubber. Um, when it's mounted in the necklace and you're wearing it, people don't know that you found it on the street. <laughs> but you probably tell them. Well, well, I know. do. <laughs> well, this wonderful jewelry, you know. <laughs> and and I like to see the look on their face when they. Oh find yeah, out I'm what sure. I'm sure. And so 
but you haven't always been in these individual making these individual types of things. You have a a background uh, in well, production no. jewelry yes. a bit. I was a production jeweler um, for um, most of those forty years. Um, I had people working for me, and we were shipping jewelry all over the United States. I was going to these big shows back east where I would write orders and then sell retail. And I had about 35 galleries and shops that we were shipping to all over. So how does this production work differ from what you're doing today? Well, it, it's multiples. It has to be something that can be repeated. Um, when you sit down at your bench, you know, you may lay out anywhere five to ten different pieces that you're working on at the same time and you do the same process to each of them because it's you're trying to make um, an affordable handcrafted piece that's also wearable uh-huh and so then these days you're not making anything affordable <laughs> well no <laughs> the fine art jewelry it, well it's probably affordable by a lot of people in our area it's affordable <laughs> is a relative term. Yes, yes, yes. So but, I'm sure that you have some gorgeous things that um, you sell even today. And uh, you've had this long career. Uh, do you enjoy working on these individual pieces more or do you enjoy uh, the production indi work? Individual pieces are harder because every little piece of metal that you add is a decision. Oh. So you're making decisions the whole time you're working. It's just not rote. It's no. like your brain is right. stressed. Right. <laughs> but my brain is stressed. We're already running out of time. Okay. Thank you so much, Mickey, for all your information about your wonderful jewelry making and the Seattle Metals Guild which is accepting members if people are interested they are in and can you give me the website so people can find out about joining it's seattlemetalsguild.org well that's very simple and it's a wonderful group you don't even have to go to any meetings it's all interesting stuff <laughs> now i want to make sure that you listen in every tuesday at 5 p.m. drive time for Artbeat Northwest, for news and views of the Pacific Northwest art scene. I'm your host, Pat Pauley, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great, creative week.